Hello and welcome to Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. This is Catherine McPhail. I am your host. I'm an architect. I practice in Eastern Massachusetts and I work primarily on additions and renovations to existing homes. So this is a podcast for homeowners to learn everything they can about home renovations before they begin. And today I am talking to Susan Hager, who owns Tango Tile, an online tile retailer. Thanks for coming on, Susan. Thanks for having me. We are online only. We have a combination of absolutely fabulous artisan tile. Some of it's exclusive to Tango. Oh, the website is tangotile.com. Mm-hmm. So we have a bunch of artists who do high-end tiles that um, they're just fabulous. They're, they're for special places in your home. They can be anything from 20-some dollars per tile, a six-inch square tile, to over a couple hundred dollars a square foot. But they're for special places. And then we have a very beautiful basic grouping of porcelain tiles that they're very special also, but they're, you know, anything from $2 a square foot to maybe $20 a square foot. Very reasonable but well-produced, good quality, and pretty broadly, something for every taste. And then there's something in between. For example, we have a line of cement tile that's more like um, $18 to $25 a square foot. And it can be customizable, but it also can be, you know, right out of inventory. So we pretty much cover the gamut. Mm. So... How does somebody know what kind where to even start when they're thinking about tile? I know a lot of my clients, they look on Pinterest or house and they save pictures of looks that they like. And then would they bring that to you? And then you suggest things. How, if someone's yes. just, is that? And that was when, when you said that this was a question I get, the first thing I wrote down is Pinterest and house. But even before you go on there, you have to think about what your budget is. So you don't get sucked into something that's way too expensive or or conversely that's way too cheap and won't last Mm. so once you've decided the budget then you have to start thinking about the materials you want to use and there's there's everything from cement tiles um glass tiles glass tiles can even be used on floors You need, um, or not need, you can use ceramic tiles, you can use natural stone, but of course the bread and butter, the go-to tile is the porcelain tile. Porcelain and ceramic are a subset of each other. Porcelain is made under pressure, so it's a harder surface, it's a harder tile, and there's less water absorption. So that means it can often be used outdoors as well as indoors. It can be used in wet areas like showers, um, backsplashes. Um, It's it's a miracle material. Hmm. Okay, and that's a porcelain tile or ceramic. Are they they interchangeable? Ceramic is not quite as tough. I mean, there's been ceramic tile around from that has lasted. I mean, there's all sorts of ceramic tile. It, It also is very tough, durable, but it's not quite as tough and durable has porcelain and is more generally used on walls only. Okay. Not always, but mostly. 
Okay. So then when you talk about budget backing up there for a second, so what's, what's a, would you say is not too cheap so that it doesn't last, but that is kind of the bottom end of what you'd recommend. That's, that is the right question because you can go to Home Depot and you can go to, I forget the name of it, the tile, the tile store. I should know this. And I've had a friend who's in tile installation say he, his client wanted a particular tile. She bought it. It's probably a couple of dollars a square foot. And he started installing it and it got scratched while he was grouting it. Mm. I mean, that's just, that just should not happen. It's, it's, it's a waste of money to get really cheap tile. So you can get some pretty good tile for three or $4 a square foot. And the higher you go, it's not necessarily a better quality, but it is more, um, you've got more choices. So for example, they have large format tiles now that are a foot by two feet, sometimes two feet by four feet. They're huge. Yeah. They're harder to install, so there's a cost to installation, but they're pretty amazing. I mean, they really, they really make the space look amazing. They're just, they can be, they can be the marble lookalike, the granite lookalike, they can be wood lookalike. You'd never tell the difference. You almost look at this, this porcelain tile and you say, well, why would you ever use the real thing when you can have this much beauty it's stronger, it's more durable, it's easier to clean. Why wouldn't you go with porcelain? Well, some people just want want, you know, mother nature in their on their floors and walls. So, I can't mm. argue with that either. So, is it printed on to the tile or how do they make how do they make it look like wood or or marble? Oh my god, I love that question because in the last 10 years the technology, 10 or 15 years the t- technology has taken off. It used to be something called roto printing, and it was okay, but it was pretty boring. Now it's all inkjet. And not only is it inkjet, but they also have what they call faces. So you can have anywhere between a few faces and up to a hundred some faces, and each face is a different tile. So if you got a box of 50, well, you wouldn't, you get a box of 10 or 20 tiles. No one tile would be the same. You would be putting down what, this, and this is why it looks so much like real marble or real wood. Hmm. It's just, it's just, you don't see repeats. You don't see anything that becomes kind of monotonous and highly patterned. So that's really, so these are the, these would be for floor tiles. I know I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of the wood plank tiles. Yes. So that's the same idea. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, They're amazing. It does. It's really, it is beautiful. I love them myself. I can't tell the difference. Sometimes I get down on my hands and knees and try to decide if it's wood or, and I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Hmm. Well, so you'd say three to $4 a square foot would be the minimum that people would could well that they might spend um i often see ten dollars a square foot for a an allowance that contractors might put into their their contracts so that seems like that would allow for some nicer tiles or if you if you were were doing this well obviously you could go very high end with the tiles that are twenty dollars each 
for the six. And so that would be six times four. That would be $80 a square foot if you got them all. Like the six inch tiles that were $20 each, right? So, I mean, it could get up quite high. No, I, if you're, if we're talking, if we're still talking porcelain, you're not going to get, it's not going to, I can't imagine it's going to be $80 a square foot. It's going to be $20 or less. Oh, okay. All right. So then the, so tell me about the, the more, the handmade tiles. What are those? Those are for walls only or? Um, you know, again, I'm going to be very general. Yeah. Because there are some hand-painted ceramic tiles that can be used on floors successfully. And again, it's the same thing. You know, they've been used in Europe for centuries. And when they're made right and with the right materials, the right clay and the right glazes, they can be pretty durable. But in general, you use them on walls. And for every artist, there's a different technique. One of my favorite techniques is called, um, I hope I pronounce this correctly, cuerdo seco, and it's dry line. And you take a pattern, you print the pattern on a six, eight inch tile, and it's like a thin grout line that out, outlines the pattern. And then these incredible craftsmen take little little tubes of glaze and fill in between those grout lines to form fabulous patterns. We have an artist named Suzanne Redford. She comes up with the most dramatic color schemes, whether you want neutral or vibrant. She just knows how to put colors together and God bless her, she's willing to match your colors with Benjamin Moore paints. So she has a whole line of tiles that you would just drool over. Oh. And then if, you, if it's still not quite right, she will do colors that match what you're, what you're trying, the room you're, you're going to put the tiles in. Um, I had one client, God love her, this woman, I don't know if she was indecisive or she was a perfectionist, maybe both. She pretty quickly picked out a pattern she wanted. And she kind of knew she wanted grays, whites, and some kind of blue. But I think we mocked up 20 different tiles for her. We don't make them. We just do it graphically. And then in the end, she finally narrowed it down to one or two and got some samples and she's just going to installation now oh my god Catherine I cannot wait to see what this room looks like because it's it's you know it's going to be fabulous it's just mm. going to be and by the way that is a floor tile she's using it for so yeah it, it, wow. if, if your listeners want to see eye candy they should look up on my site the hand-painted tiles yeah, uh, hand painted ceramic tiles. Oh, there's so. there's a modern group and there's a what they call a California revival group. Um, and then there's some really contemporary tiles that she does, and they're all wonderful. Something for every taste. Let's talk about the shower to begin with, because okay. that's a special case. You do not want that to be slippery, right? And you also have. Um, a shower pan 
and in most older houses, it's curved or not curved, but it's it it bends inward to the yes. drain. Right. Now the modern ones are more. You can get a flatter floor, and if yes. you can get a flatter floor, they recommend to go um, no bigger than six inch tiles for the shower floor. But I think, especially in older houses, I would not go more than two or three inch squares per floor. And the reason is grout um, is part of what makes that floor slip resistant. It's not just the finish of the tile, it's the grout itself. Okay. So that's that's kind of a special case. And then from there on out, it's just a matter of taste. There's not many things you have to worry about. You don't have many restrictions when you lay tile. You get a good subsurface, good flat surface, and you're good to go. You seal it correctly. You grout it correctly. And I would also say, uh, you know, I listen to far too much home and garden TV and the Property Brothers and you name it. Mm-hmm. And at one point they were talking about tiling and they were explaining that you either have a pro job or a Joe job. Uh-huh. And they a pro job they, or a Joe job? Yeah. And they okay. refer to tiling as a Joe job. Hmm. Tiling is not a Joe job. You want those seams to be perfectly straight. You want them to be exactly the right width. You don't want it to vary or it will look horrible. Yeah. That is you very true. I think about that in my bathroom, my kid's bathroom. I had, I guess, a Joe do it. And uh, I just cannot believe how he didn't even line up the tiles correctly. And every single time I'm in there, I think of it. Like every day for 10 years, I think, why did I hire that guy to do my tile? He was the, he was the assistant to the plasterer. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Catherine, because <laughs> <I know. laughs> the tiles are probably beautiful. Yeah, it's not actually that beautiful. It was fine. We bought a hoarder house and... We were trying to set it up. We, we were just trying to, we were trying to do it on a shoestring budget at the time. So when I redo it, I will definitely hire a pro because there's a lot of stuff that actually you need to line up with other elements in the bathroom to make it look great. And it doesn't take, it seems like it should be simple enough to do if somebody has the, um, you know, things to do it. That's right. But it is a skill too. I mean, especially... The larger formats, when you get a um, a two by two or one by two tile foot, not inches, they can be pretty tricky to keep straight, to keep mm-hmm. aligned. Yeah. And never mind flat. I mean, that's a whole other skill set. Yeah. No, so definitely hiring a pro is something you would recommend. I absolutely would. If you yeah. want to have fun and, and diddle around in your basement, but it likely won't look as good as you'd hoped it would. That's true. So speaking of basements, can would you recommend uh, just putting tile down on a concrete floor if it's been leveled? Yes. So that's that wouldn't have any problem with mold usually or any no anything no. like that. Any um, I know this. I know this because we redid our basement. I don't know, fifteen years ago, and within three years. The and we did it with not hardwood but engineered floors, wood floors. Our washing machine backed up. We didn't realize it, 
until mm. we started walking on the floors and water started squirting up. Well, what a, mm. what a disaster, mold, you name it. Yeah. So when it, we ripped out all the old wood, we immediately put down porcelain tiles. It looks fabulous. We've never had a problem since. Tile floors are great if you want to put in radiant heat. Mm. So you don't have to have a cold tile floor. And it just, I know I'm so biased, but it just seems like tile's a better material for um, radiant heat. Mm-hmm. And again, in the summer when it's hot, because tile absorbs the heat from your bare feet faster than wood or carpet, it feels colder. Yeah, It's not colder, as you, I'm sure you know. It's the same temperature. It just feels colder. Another thing you should know about porcelain tile, it's a fairly green material. They sometimes use things like toilets and recycle them into tile. So it's a wonderful, yeah. Wow. Cement tile is even more interesting because the encaustic tile uses no heat to to cure it. It's, Hmm. it's it's, um, It's a metal form that makes the pattern and you pour the different colors into the form the way you want them. And then you cover it with more cement um, and you pressurize it. You, you, you cure it that way. And so there's no heat used. Heat's a very terrible thing. Mm. Energy wise, you mean? Energy wise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at your, um, your website again right now. And it does seem like, I mean, it is inspiring just to look at the different um, looks. Tile really sets the tone for a room or a house, of course. So I guess that's what you're talking about preference wise. And then do you offer, um, or do people who work at these tile places, sometimes I walk in and there's just, when you go into an actual showroom, there's just, you can leaf through all these boards and there's no, um, it just seems like it's just overwhelming. Yeah, so. a friend of mine built a house and, and told me that her worst decision was picking the tile because it was so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I also find that people have samples out. So if if I can take out samples, that means other people have taken out samples of tiles that I might actually want. So I'm not really looking at everything that's available. Huh, it just seems like a, a not a great not a great system. So I think a lot of things are moving online and it looks like you know, tile selection online makes sense, except for it's great to be able to feel it and see it. Right. And you're bringing up that point. You must sample. You absolutely, sometimes I refuse to sell people unless they, they actually take a sample, put it in their hand and preferably see it in the room where they're going to install it in daylight, in in natural light and then in whatever kind of lighting they're going to use for the project. Mm. Yeah, that makes total sense because you can't, you can't really tell from the photographs or you might not notice things like I had a, I had a client buy all these boxes of this really cheap tile that she found somewhere online. And when she got them, they were all pixelated, just, they were just these pixelated Spanish looking tiles that were just horrible that she would never, Uh but you couldn't tell that from the photograph online. Right. Right. Which again, gets back to you absolutely have to sample. I always find tile to be so exciting, but it's also kind of intimidating because it's semi-permanent as opposed to paint, which is you can just go ahead and paint anything. A tile is more of a commitment. So people who have problems with commitments, I guess it's just going to take them longer to figure it out. Right. Or they could ask you for help or. 
Well, you know, the more room scenes they see, the better. Because you look at a tile, it's, well, it's not hard for you. You know how to do this. I don't know how to do it. To look at a a six by six square and know how it's going to look in a room in a very different size. Mm. Well, it is hard to do. And the the program that I use now, it models, I can, I can put a, I can take one of these images of a six by six tile and put it into my program. And then it's, I can put it all over a surface in my program. And sometimes what looks beautiful on a single tile looks completely chaotic in the full room. And it's not a perfect, you know, it's not a perfect uh, rendering of it, but it does give an idea of the overall, how it's really going to look in, in repetition. So absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, it is important to see, to see them in the room. And that's where the internet would come in handy with just the photos of different rooms, right? So it's not impossible to buy tiles um, that way. You just need, it just takes more time. I think people also get really, uh, they go to Home Depot because they want to get a tile that afternoon, which seems like kind of short-sighted to me. You're preaching to the choir there. Yeah, I know. But so, you know, it's like some people don't care. True, they just want a floor. True, that is true. But I guess this is for this show would be more for the people who do care, who do want to learn more about tile, and and well, what they can um, do. So the tiles are they the samples are they free or do they need to pay? We give for them? up to three three free samples, and we're supposed to charge twelve dollars for mailing, and half the time I do, and half the time I don't. Mm. So there's a tip. If you don't want to be charged for the mailing, just call me and I, I won't bother. Okay. But if you go over three, I do start to charge because some of these samples, I mean, there's one line of glass that's over $200 a square foot. So even a six by six sample, it, it kind of runs up my cost. That's what runs people's costs up when they don't order enough or they order too much. Yeah. So what do you recommend? Depends on the tile, I guess, the tile size. It, it definitely depends on the tile because some of it you need almost no overage. 10% is a pretty good rule of thumb. Mm. But then when you have the larger tiles, it gets a little trickier. That's right. The more cuts, the more cuts you're going to have to make, the more overage. But yeah. the bigger the room, the less overage. Looking at all these different tiles is inspiring, but then again, it is a little bit like so many directions you could go in style wise. So really having an idea of what it would help to have an idea of the, the feel of the room that you're looking for before going to talk to you or looking at your website. Yeah. I, I mean, that gets, back, that gets back to house. That's my favorite. When I just want to be inspired, I go to house and look up kitchens or bathrooms and see what they're doing with tile. Mm. And then choose a few of those and talk to you about it. You might say that's that's going to be four times as much as this other option for tile. Yeah. 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 So easy to fall in love with the expensive stuff. Oh, I know it. Oh, my God. I try not to. I try not to get. I try to keep people away from hurting themselves. Yeah. Just create suffering, I guess. That's what I always think of when I look at some of these house pictures. I mean, I feel obviously you have to look at the photos and house, but I mean, some of it, I feel like, Oh, it just makes me feel like I want that thing so badly when I, this morning I was fine. And now I, now I need to have it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I hear 
Yes, there's that that danger. I would always urge people with sizable projects to work with a designer to 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 get the colors right, to get the the furnishings right. I, I have one wonderful tile artisan who does um well, actually, he works for New Ravenna, if you know who they are. They are the very, very upscale glass and marble mosaic company. Mm. Um, but he also has a line of Talavera, which is the Mexican tile, hand-painted Mexican tile. Yeah. And he always says he's an interior designer that does tile design on the side. He always insists that the entire room work together, that you can't just pick one item or one thing that you like and throw it in. You have to actually coordinate the entire room, including the tile package. I'm, I'm totally with him on that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I don't, as an architect, of course, I don't do furnishings, but I know some of the interior designers I work with do. And it, it is worth the extra effort or cost or whatever it might be to work with an interior designer on the full package of furnishings think, and everything. Unless you're pretty skilled doing it yourself as Pennywise pound foolish. Yeah. Or you just have a not very exciting room. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. That's the, yes. that's what happens. It's not the worst thing in the world, but even no. I, um, you know, I definitely have the cobbler shoe sort of house where I feel like someday I'm really going to get my act together um, and hire somebody to help me coordinate everything in my living room, let's say. So I just can really enjoy it. And right now it's just a mishmash of whatever. Yep. Which I will say I've, I've worked with a variety of designers and they're not all equal. So it's a, it's a very good thing to look at their past projects and see what you like and go with that. Well, that's true too. Yeah, that is true. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. And I'm looking forward to picking out some tile here on your website. Excellent. I've enjoyed every minute. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening today. And thanks to Susan for joining me. I am interested in interviewing homeowners for uh, homeowner stories. So if you have any stories you would like to share, please contact me at the housemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. I'd love to hear from you and possibly have you on the show. I think that would be great. You can find me on Facebook. I've got a Facebook group that um, I wish there was more activity there. So why don't you join me there and we can chat about home renovations. That would be kind of my goal in all this. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, you can also email me at my email address that I just gave you. You can also visit my website, which is demiosarchitects.com. And uh, Demios is the producer of this particular podcast. And I have a lot of information there that you can check out or download for free on environmentally friendly home renovations. And I'm working on my Q House pamphlet, which is uh, about quarantine living, what everybody would want in their house, or a lot of people would want in their house if we were lucky enough to have it. Anyway, again, I appreciate you listening and tune in next time. Until then, take care. <laughs>